Hello, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker. And in this episode, we are continuing the conversation I had with uh, David Snyder. This is part two of our conversation. And let's go ahead and jump right into it. I want to address the fact that, yeah, you and I both have acquired disabilities. And I've known a lot of people especially with my work with Centers for Independent Living, met a lot of people with a lot of different disabilities. And even where I went to college, Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania, shout out to Edinburgh. I have not been, <laughs> haven't been back there since the day I graduated, but no offense to Edinburgh. But they were very well known for having a program for students with disabilities. And as far as I know, they still have that. They were a very wheelchair accessible school. Um, they weren't listed in the top 10 of New Mobility's most recent or a recent publication where they rated accessibility of schools. But there, back to your ADA question, a lot more schools accessible. Colleges, mm -hmm. I see a lot more lifts on school buses. Yeah, so now I'm going down a, another no, bunny trail. <laughs> it's all but, good. Um, my, my point being... When I went away to college, I met a lot of people with congenital disabilities. Okay. Um, you know, whether it was blindness or, uh, or say, cerebral palsy, things like that. And there's definitely, I can't imagine growing up having a disability from day one. I, I just, I cannot, you know, I know what it's like to have the first 15 years of my life being able-bodied with no... A significant disability or nothing that I knew of. So I was, I was, I was very active physically. I played, I water skied and, um, you know, played baseball and, and basketball and did a lot. I've, uh, uh, played trumpet as well. That was my main instrument, but I you know, also played guitar and drums and wasn't that great at either of those, but it was fun yeah. and would jam with my buddies and, and uh, have a blast and then boom all of a sudden ugh, i couldn't yep. do any of that anymore yep. Yep. so getting to your question i guess wow how did i adjust in a nutshell physically hey i just i put my nose to the grindstone my family was very supportive my friends were very supportive my brothers especially hey they were my big brothers and they always they always looked out for me yeah ditto yeah. ditto on my end with mine oh, so my I, gosh. I, I, I i would have been lost without mine so i, I, I so and they were both very very supportive and i'll try not to tear up yeah, tears about, are fine tears are okay. brothers i'm a softie but, it's all um, right <laughs> but um my especially my my oldest brother randy who i haven't seen in several years but um he was at the rehab to see me a lot. My other brother, um, gosh, he was still, I think he was out of state. But my, my oldest brother, Randy, he was able to, to get to see me several times a week when I was in rehab. And that was an hour drive away from home. He just, he pushed me and encouraged me. And I had great therapists. I'm still in touch. I'm friends on Facebook with uh with my primary nurse from back then nancy uh, i'm friends with one of my my main pt robin 
and I just had a great, I had a, a great rehab team and um, I had great support and I had the motivation to heck I, yeah. I wanted to be one of those guys. I remember on happy days, that's it. That Jim Harbaugh, I believe is who it was. Uh, episode of happy days back. I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And this guy, Jim Harbaugh, again, I believe that's who it was. He, um, I forget the story behind it, but um, he was on, on the show. And I'll never forget, you know, there was one scene where he, um, he and Richie Cunningham, Ron Howard, they come into the living room and they're, they're talking about how they're playing basketball. That, I wanted to be that guy. I saw a guy who was back in the 70s. It was probably the 70s. He was living life with a disability. And that's what, that's what I wanted. So yeah. there's a seed right there that was planted way back when that benefited me greatly. So physically, man, I, I did great. I, you know, I, I'm, um, that sounds very arrogant. But no, it's I, just if, if if that's how you feel about it, that's how you feel about it. I don't. No, I look. I, don't, at it, I didn't know, sound arrogant, not to me. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very happy, and I didn't want to use a power wheelchair. I wanted to use a manual wheelchair mm -hmm. because I didn't want to get fat. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. And you know, I mean, you were a teenager. I, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. <laughs> and like I said, you know, my buddies, they, hey, I was still, I was just Dave. I just couldn't walk now. You know, I was still Dave, and. Hey, the girls still liked me, so all right. Uh, that was that was fantastic. Physically, I I addressed that part really well. Psychologically, man, I did not address the psychological aspect very well, and I you know I didn't dive in. I was afraid. I was afraid of the fear. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of the emotion, and I grew up in. You know, in a family, a hardworking family, and you didn't talk about your problems. Yeah, that's kind you, of common. Yeah, right, exactly. And I, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't address my my psychological, the the psychological part very well. And I, I'll never forget my my brother Randy, who I referenced before. I remember one night I was talking with him at the hospital and at the rehab hospital. And I was like, yeah, man, they wanted to talk to a shrink. And it wasn't a, you know, no, no offense to psychiatrists, but it, it wasn't a psychiatrist. It was either a social, maybe a social worker or a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just felt weird about that because I didn't know anything about that. And he said, and he meant this in a supporting way. And I've never been angry at him about this but it's something I wish he would not have said. And that is, oh, you're not crazy. You don't need a shrink. Uh, and, and again, he was being completely yeah. supportive. Yeah. He was totally supportive and I've never been angry about that. But that was like a pivotal moment where, wow, he's right. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I don't, and not crazy. I shouldn't. I know. I know. I, I know. You know, because mental illness is a real yeah. thing. Yes, absolutely um, it is. But but in I the context of how you mean it, I don't. You know, he went yeah. like, you know, that just... you didn't have some sort of uh, right. psychological disorder that exactly, yeah. exactly. But 
I did have stuff that I needed to oh, address. Yeah. You had the trauma. And, and I didn't. Right. And um, I carried that through through life. And I see where it affected it affected my my friendships, uh, my you know, my relationships, and I see where it affected my my marriage. Mm-hmm. And my I was married, got married in um, 1996. And we were married for, I guess, about 17 years. You know, uh, my, my ex-wife, we're still really good friends. And we, we only live like 10 minutes apart. And we're working together to raise our kids uh, who are all adopted through foster care. Awesome. Um, she's, she's fantastic. I, I love her and we're still great friends. And we've talked about our relationship post-divorce quite a bit, frankly. And it wasn't until after we were divorced that I actually talked with a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, uh, we tried, I I tried talking with counselors over the years. But I don't know, I just wasn't, I didn't open up. You know, me, the light bulb, I wasn't ready to change, you know. Yeah, you have to be ready um, for it. Right. And unfortunately, I, I didn't address it until later in life or later in my life. Fortunately, I did address it. Yeah. So, and my point there is I see where not addressing the psychological, shall I say, ramifications um, of my disability, that really negatively affected a lot of areas of, of my life. Yeah. And uh, especially the most important relationships in my life. Yeah. You know, so whenever I talk to, to people now who might be newly, uh, more recently spinal cord, have a spinal cord injury more recently, uh, or really not even any, anything like any kind of trauma. If I have the opportunity to say, don't be afraid to talk to some, you know, talk to somebody, talk to a counselor. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nope. In fact, it's good stuff. Yeah. Everybody should, in my opinion. I agree. Almost everybody. I mean, Everyone can have... benefit. We all have yeah. stuff. Uh, you yeah. know, we all, at, at different times in our life, I just go with the general term therapy, but you know, usually I've always seen a psychologist. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for finding that person who you can speak to and be open about it is critical, especially, especially when you add trauma and you add loss and just living your life. You need to be able to move through that stuff. And in a healthy, constructive way where you're not causing other people trauma and <laughs> where you're able to, oh, right. you know, healthily move forward. Yeah. And, and it's critical. And your, your couple things I, that came to mind while you were talking there, your family and your friends are not your counselors. No. That is an unfair burden to yeah. put on them. And I realize, hey, I'm guilty. <laughs> you know, I'm the first one to say I am guilty of that. And, you know, relying or, or, yeah, relying on other people to be my counselor, not, not realizing I was doing it. Yeah. I think it's, it's normal. So, so you yeah, know, I, I think oh, everybody and, does it. We trust them. Oh, and I think that's and, why. And, and don't get me wrong. You know, not that we, sh- that, that's part of having a relationship. Yeah. Whether it be a, a marriage or, or just a friendship. I mean, hey, there's that give and take and, you know, we listen to each other, but at a certain point, yeah, there's issues that no, you don't need to burden your family and friends with 
all those details, especially if they don't have any training. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, but also, that advice is not good to get. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And also, maybe for anyone who might hear this and is thinking, wow, yeah, maybe I will talk to a professional. If you talk to somebody and it's not a fit, get a new counselor. Yes, yes, And any yes, yes. counselor... Any counselor that's good is going to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not going to be offended. They're yeah. making their money either way. Yeah. And um, and you know clergy, you know, because some people that are very, yeah. you know, there there are qualified people within exactly. you know, every churches that you can speak to. It's oh, not you know it doesn't yeah. have to be you know a, a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Right. Or, no, no, that's a great point. Wherever and the it, trust is, and who you need is who you need, but seek out a professional is what I tell people. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought up you know like the clergy, pastor, or you know a rabbi, or mm -hmm. yep. or a priest, whomever. You know, especially if if finances are an yeah. issue, if your pastor or priest counsels you and you want to help by giving a little bit in the offering, fine. But that's not expected. Yeah. And uh, seek out the help you need. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, what? It's so important that the psychological aspect, especially of tra of trauma, of, of any type of trauma. Mm you know, or loss, and, you know, because the truth is, is I had to mourn my loss of vision and give myself permission to mourn it because it was that kind of loss. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without seeking professional help. Yeah, I wasn't, I see where it's important to mourn the loss and everybody's going to have, are going to have a different way of mourning it yeah it's going to take longer for some than others i see where i didn't i wasn't i wasn't allowed to i wasn't encouraged to i also think well it's again that you know the light bulb has to want to change yeah that, that, uh, like i referenced earlier you know you need to be ready to mourn it yeah and somebody are going to be ready right from the get-go and others well you know, the, I'm thinking of that, the book I had to read in college on death and dying about the, the stages of death, you know. Oh, you've read that, that too, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I don't remember much that I read, but I remember that one. But uh, yeah, you know, you have your, your denial phase and, and your bargaining and I forget. And then finally acceptance. Yeah. And, um, and everybody's going to be different and we're, yeah, there's no one way to mourn. There's exactly. no one, you know, and so we're all on our own journey. And yeah. I think it's important to allow yourself to go with your own pace and be okay with that. And yeah, and be and, able to just not feel or try to push aside pressure that you have to be this or first of all, nobody should ever tell you what to feel because your feelings are right. always real. They're always right. valid. Yeah. Um, and just exactly. but don't get stuck. And I think that's the hard part. Don't get stuck in your feelings. Ha even happiness, you know, there nothing should be permanent, a permanent state. <laughs> right, right. If we're not experiencing various emotions, we're not in a healthy state. Yeah. You know, um, we're yeah, supposed to feel all the feels, as I say. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think, you know, anger is the one that is less encouraged. And well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uncomfortable to deal with someone's anger. Yeah. Yeah, and how it so, manifests, I think, is important. How we deal right, with anger, how we express course. it. Really, I think that's a challenge is because there's always something underneath it. And that's the hard part is getting to that. And I don't want to spend too much more time here on the anger, but but with me, 
Um, I was raised in a conservative Christian home and heck I was, I was angry with God, mm-hmm. but you can't be angry with God. Don't be, you know, well, why not? Like yeah. I look at it now, it's like, okay, whether, okay, whether you believe in God or not, let's just, let's just say we all believe in God yeah, right let's now. Yeah, roll with it. <laughs> all right. So let's go down this line of thought. And well, if you believe in God and you believe God's the creator of the universe, he's big enough or she, it, the yeah. entity God is big enough to handle your anger. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Should be. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And hey, the universe, if you want to think of it in that terms, the universe is big enough to handle your anger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, but, but I, I guess I see that I, I've seen that with me and with others yeah. that I know have, have been, you know, had similar upbringings where they weren't allowed to be angry at God. Yeah. And uh, that's a great point. God. That's a great point and, because how could you not be, you know, how could you not be if well, that was how you were, I, were brought up? I look at it with, in, in terms of our relationships on earth, mm-hmm. you know, our, our relationships here, non-spiritual relationships, like you, it's important to be angry with your partner. Yeah. Like it's healthy because yeah. on the making up, it should be fun, right? Yeah. No, but, um, but, a healthy relationship is going to have fights. Yeah, it's going to have going ups to and have downs. Making yeah. up, and it's going to have those days that are just eh, hey, okay. Hey, how you doing? And I see where I wasn't. I wasn't good at at expressing my having a full relationship mm-hmm. in a healthy in a healthy way. In a healthy way, going way down a bunny trail, and you know who knows if if I would have going back to our psychological stuff. Um, conversation if i would have learned to that it was okay to be angry and that was a natural part of mourning my loss and and dealing with the trauma of what happened wow that may have helped me in other areas of my life specifically you know having a healthier healthier relationships yeah i mean we carry that stuff with us that's the thing you know if we don't address you know it's not like that it doesn't go away uh, it, it stays with us. And if we don't address it, that anger, because it's real. And, yeah. why, you know, it did not okay, well, where does the anger come from? Being angry with God, you know, going back to that, it makes a ton of sense. If you were raised within, the, you know, a church in that sort of religious framework, it doesn't, I, I don't understand how you couldn't be upset with God, because why would he do that? You know what I mean? Like that, it makes right. it perfect sense right. to me. And you would that's when you know you would need to go speak to your clergy you would need to go speak to let that reconciliation happen in a way that's healthy and constructive and addressing it and in, in a way that you don't carry that anger forward then we cause damage to other people when we don't address it exactly that's such an important thing to address is you know because we're told when we're growing up to suppress the anger and you know that it's and not to address it in a healthy way that we just oh you know don't be don't be upset. Don't be mad. Don't be angry. Don't be all right. that. All the don't negative quote unquote, <laughs> emotions, all the negative emotions, quote unquote. Um, yeah. But they're just emotions. They're all real. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. And, 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 and we have to deal with them if we want to be healthy and happy and all that. Exactly. All that I was just going to say it's, it's healthy, healthiest to experience them all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, life is meant to be dynamic. 
when we don't address the feelings that we have, that's when the bad stuff sort of mm-hmm. sort of kicks in. So I want to circle back to something that you had mentioned yeah. on the questionnaire I sent to you because you specifically said that I needed to ask you about something. Okay, let's so... keep talking. Let's keep talking here. <laughs> so I want to ask you about has to do with a pull cue or something. Oh no, oh! your calc- your calculus book or something that when oh, you drop right, your calculus, calculus book on. Hey, the... I'll talk about my pull cue too. <laughs> um, I pull cues. But, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the yes, calculus book. Oh my gosh, that's so great that you can say that and I know exactly what you're talking about. So I think one of one thing I've been successful, or one of the reasons I've succeeded in doing things is I've been good at figuring out how to do things, mm-hmm. how to adapt. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I never thought of myself as a creative person because to me, create creativity meant you could draw, you could paint, you were an artist. Mm-hmm. And that's, I always thought of creativity in that, in, in more of a narrow, um, a narrow focus, I guess. Yeah, and not a problem solving sort of capacity. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, but I, I started to realize, wow, I guess I am kind of creative. And um, I'm good at something happens, I drop something, and how am I going to pick that up? Usually the first, well, sometimes the first thing I do is eh, say something that you'd have to bleep out here. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's normal. And, I do the same thing. <laughs> and hope, hope my kids aren't around to hear it. But um, anyway, I was in college and, um, well, this this is my process. You know, I, I dropped the calculus book and it's like, it's a three three semester book. It's a thick, big book. And... Um, I was in my room alone and I I don't know if I was getting ready to go to class or what bottom bottom line is I dropped this book on the floor. Crap. How am I going to pick this up? Mm -hmm. You know, there's nobody around. I don't want to, I got to get going or I just, maybe I just didn't want to ask for anybody's help. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to pick this up. Well, as every good college student does, I had, milk crates in my room. So I took a milk crate that didn't have much in it, emptied it out, put that on the floor on its side, took the calculus book, and I probably flipped flipped it partially open. I probably I lined it up uh, next to the milk crate, flipped it open, and like a little bit at a time, moved it into the... Um, um, just by leaning over my chair, um, flipped it into the milk crate. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to get my hand in the milk crate and pick up the milk crate and set that on my bed. And okay, great. I can get the calculus book off my bed and right onto my lap because I can use two hands to do it. Yeah. Now, the whole problem was I couldn't just reach down with one hand, grab it and pick it up. Yeah. yeah. How so, you get off the floor? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've become good at solving my problems mm-hmm. with whatever I have at hand yep. or seeing That's- something like, for instance, I, I said, um, I'm sorry, you're going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, because I, I say all the time to, pe- other, to, to people, regardless as to other disability, is that it can be your superpower if you, if you can change your perception and your mindset to that it is a superpower because that problem solving ability 
is an advantage, especially like from an employment standpoint into a company. And like, it is your superpower if you can embrace it. Yeah. And yeah, solving one problem helps solve another. I won't say it helps solve the next, (laughs) but you know, it it helps solve another one. Yeah. Like, oh, well, hmm, last time I did it this way, but if I use this or do it this way, it'll probably be a little easier or it could be a little easier. It it isn't always. So yeah, life's just a, life's just a grand string of experiments, you know, in, in problem solving. Yeah, and absolutely. I mentioned I mentioned earlier uh, before you were recording about um, my musical involvement mm-hmm. and how back in the '80s I got you know a synthesizer and a and um, a card for my Apple IIe, yes, <laughs> very old computer, <laughs> Apple IIe that had dual floppy drives and maybe 512k of RAM. Yes, kids, Google that. If yeah. you need to super fast computer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But, um, and, uh, anyway, I, I, um, after I was injured, I didn't think I'd be able to do anything musically, mm-hmm. but then I went to a music store and this guy showed me this stuff. Okay, cool. So I figured out how I could you know, make some music note by note, but, and that was really tedious. And I, you know, I wrote some things that I still have on tape. Uh, well, I have them converted to MP3 now, but um, you know, still have them. But I wanted to do something in more real time mm-hmm. and not do everything one step at a time. So I thought, hmm, there's a if I use the sustain pedal that holds the notes, I could do maybe uh, that could help me do some stuff so i took a little sustain pedal that came with the with the um keyboard and it's metal with like a guitar cord attached to the end and rubber on one side i stuck that thing in my mouth okay <laughs> yeah so i'm like all right uh, you know drooling all over myself and figured out ooh i bet i could make something Long, make a long story short, took it apart, and I saw that it was very simple, and I ended up getting a, a guitar cord, cut it in half, stripped the wires, got a clothespin, and put a couple of screws in that, and basically attached the wires to the two screws, and when the clothespin was closed, there was no sustain because I, I was then able to plug mm-hmm. it into the keyboard when the clothespin oh, cool. was closed there was no sustain when i bit down on the clothespin the circuit was open i guess so yeah. there was sustain so i learned how to play some simple you know some simple chords um using two hands certain chords i could play with one hand depending um you know on how the keys fell um but i could play you know, I could play somewhat in real time and Hey, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's not going to be anything that's going to get me to Carnegie hall or even down at the local fire hall for that matter. But I, it was something I could, I could do and I could record, I could record things and maybe record, um, you know, the right hand of a piano part or a keyboard part, record the right hand with my two hands and then go back and re-record the left hand part with my two hands 
and then maybe go back and record something else. Yeah. And hey, you know, I had fun and that was just another exercise in problem solving. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, that, that's, I mean, you know, as uh, we talked about before, you know, I done music production and all that kind of stuff before. And I think that that is, to me, that's really cool that you could figure that, that out and how to do it. Um, you know, like touching back to the, you know, the name of the podcast, you know, dissing my ability is we don't ever want to do that to ourselves. Like, oh, I can't do that. Well, why not? And probably, right. you know, and figuring it out, like, okay, you had to do a workaround. Sure. But I think that's so cool that you figured that out in that way. Like, that's hella creative in my, <laughs> in my view. <laughs> I think that that that's awesome. And I think, you know, that just goes back, you know, if you don't have the, if you didn't have to problem solve and you didn't have to figure that stuff out, um, it, you know, if the disability wasn't there, that never would have been something to solve. And so right. one thing that I think a lot of people don't really fully recognize is the world is more accessible to everybody, oftentimes because of the creative things that have been adapted or created for people with disabilities. Yes. And yes. that's hey. really important. I think that, you know, we make the world a better place. Curb cuts were put in to accommodate people in wheelchairs or people who use wheelchairs. I, I don't want to get too politically correct. Ah, you're, you're, you're okay. But hey, you know, okay, curb cuts were put in for that purpose. And, but everybody uses them. Yeah, and, they benefit everybody. Right. And uh, man, they, yeah, they benefit everybody. And, and um, yeah, that, that's just one example that uh you know that i can think of in, in that vein yeah well another thing is you know the bump uh, not the bump dots the the on the curb um you know for for the 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 uh like the tactile the domes the domes that, that are at the at the at those places on curbs where that those are originally those are for people that are blind yeah for their canes most people think they're for wheelchairs i'm like nope yeah. <laughs> yep. that's and the only the only reason truncated know, domes. that's what they're called truncated domes i knew it would come you know to. i never knew the name of those thank you i did know i did know that they were you know for you know people who were blind or visually impaired how did i know that well somebody who was who was blind told me educated me on that but yeah i benefit as well because oh wow you know, there have been times i wasn't paying attention and i feel the bumps it's like oh okay I must, time to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, time to look both ways before I, you know, uh, get hit by a car. Yeah, everyone benefits, you know, because they're yellow and there's the contrast. And so yeah. it's but with if, if there were no blind people, they wouldn't be there. So, so as a society, wouldn't we wouldn't benefit from that innovation. So, you know, I don't think we should never sell ourselves short in terms of what we contribute to society as a whole um, because of our disability. You know, we we make everybody's life better when we are embraced and when we actually try to create greater access and focus on the things that are important, I think. You know, I just thought of something, something else, if I could. Um, yeah, of course. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, and maybe this is because as you were, you know, as you're talking there, I'm just envisioning myself out on the street. And, you know, people have often come up and said, you know, I really admire you. Or, well, you're such an inspiration. That's what it is. Yeah, I hear you. And there have been times where somebody says that and it's like, you know, mm -hmm. I want to growl at them. I, don't know, I just want to live my life. I don't want to be an inspiration. Yeah, you're like, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> okay, but, but that is something I've thought about a lot. And 
I, I would say, hear me out here, Ken. Yeah, and go any, ahead. And, yep. and anyone listening, okay? I understand why any one of us who has a disability would cringe at the very least to just a perfect stranger um, coming up to us and saying, you're such an inspiration. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily, you know, the best way to start a conversation. But, you know, I got thinking about that some more. And we, as humans, we all need inspiration. Yeah. Hey, we're living, we're living in this, this thing called life, as Prince said. Um, let's get through this thing called life. Yep. Good reference. And we're, we're all, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I'll refrain from doing my Prince invitation. Dilly beloved, no, I won't. I won't, I won't quote any more of the song. Um, but um, no, don't go crazy. Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. Nice uh, reference. Nice <laughs> reference. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna listen to some Prince when we. Get off. <laughs> all right. So I didn't mean to. But, I didn't mean to. Interrupt. No, no, no. But um, you know, we're we're all living this tough thing called life. We all need inspiration. Yeah. And I. Maybe next time somebody just out of the blue says you're such an inspiration, try to take it as the way it's intended. Yeah. And I try to do this myself. And because I look at, wow, I gain inspiration. If, if, I, if I'm out and about and I see a, uh, well, I, I will see, say, a young mom with or a young woman with three kids, one in a stroller, two, she's, you know, has them keeping her eye on them and they're doing something. Wow. I, now I'm forming my own story, but I look at that and I, the little story I put on her is, wow, she's a single mom and she looks like she's doing a great job Yeah, with those kids. That may be completely inaccurate. Just like somebody who forms an opinion of me seeing me in my wheelchair is more than likely pretty darn inaccurate. doesn't matter yeah. because that story that they made up, hey, you know, that's helping them get through the day. Just like the story I made up about that woman who I perceived as being a single mom with three kids, killing life, yeah, you know, killing it, um, that helped me get through the day. Yeah, or, I think uh, to your point, because I, I think maybe one of the reasons it kind of rubs us the wrong way is because they don't see the struggle. You know, yeah. they don't oh, see yeah. the struggle. And of so course. to hear you're an inspiration, you're like, oh, you don't know how hard it is right. to put a smile on sometimes. And, but right. that's not their problem. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I think, get, you know, getting back to, you know, what is what is inspiration? And it's just it's something that makes you want to do something or gives you an idea or makes you want to be creative or it makes you it, it's it's a it's a positive. It makes it makes it, you know, see, tell it somebody saying that I'm an inspiration or you're an inspiration or whatever. It's that person has thought of something good because of you. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. You know? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Wow, I love how you said that. Yeah, I, I don't want to I want to save people from the struggle that I've had. You know, I don't want them to have to endure it. Um, you know, it that's I'm not I I don't think it's fair to try to put that on somebody else. Oh, well, I'm not going to live you an inspiration cuz you don't know the crap that I have to deal with. Well, that's my crap, not theirs. <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> and so, uh, well, I want to, I think that is a fabulous place to end is, is on inspiration because I think you're an inspiration on honestly. Um, so because well, thank you. your attitude is phenomenal. And so, um, and I just, I just, I, I love people like you and also we share common interests in music and stuff like that. So I think that that's even cooler. Well, I, I hope we get to, <laughs> I hope we get to talk again, uh, some, someday and, uh, man, so where can for... people, yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, I was just going to say thanks for having, thanks for having me on, and thanks, uh, thanks to our friend. Um, I won't mention her name. But, yeah, she uh, knows who she is. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, thank you for the introduction. Yes. And, um, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I I cannot thank you enough for coming on and having this this f fabulous conversation. If uh, people want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? And there'll be links in the description um, as well. But if you could let and them know, they can find me on the internet. Um, no. <laughs> but um, okay, here's here's something I've been working on and been in my head for a while. Um, it's www.fishingforimages.com. So www.fishingforimages.com. Um, that is a website that I'm just starting to bring up. If you go there, it's you may well if you go there right now, can you're going to see. Um, Nothing, <laughs> but, um, but I'm something I'm working on and photography is one of my hobbies. I've adapted for that as well, but we didn't get into that. That's okay. But um, um, photography is a way for me to get out and experience nature and, and get to places that I can't maybe physically get to. Yeah. And pictures worth a thousand words. And I, I love that. And, you know, it, it's me going out. It's about the process, just like fishing is about the process, more about the cat, more than about the catching. Yeah. So I see photography for me as a, a fishing process, if you will. I'm not fishing for fish. I'm fishing for images. And, um, you know, it's all about that process. So that's where you'll be able to find me. And if you want to email me, just uh, send something to Dave, D-A-V-E, at fishingforimages.com. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. What you just said actually made me think of something because, like, I don't see stars anymore, you know, because I have some. Oh. But I am and I am fascinated with astronomy and all things space because I can't see it anymore. It's just it, it, it's so interesting that you, you, you know, talked about photography and it's like, I don't want to go to space, but I can't see it anymore. You know, I don't see the stars. I don't see any of that kind of stuff. And so my only mechanism to engage with it is through, you know, the web and shows and things like that. So that, that's really interesting uh, perspective there. And that's, that was really cool. Um, well, in, light of, <laughs> in light of that, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking, you know, knowing that, that you, you know, have a vision, vision disability, I, I got thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, like, how can I make this site more accessible? for you know people who are blind or visually impaired and maybe you know make it more like a blog where i give a a detailed description of each photo yep and hey text. here's a photo if you can see it great if you can't let me let me help or yep. do my best do my best to help yep, yep, so, yep. that's the best thing to help that, each like other that, out that absolutely is it me it makes a world of difference with to have that on images and stuff like that to have descriptive text so absolutely. i may pick your brain i may pick your brain a little bit on that in the future ken absolutely feel free to 
Very good. Uh, all right. Thank you so much. I This was a fantastic You're conversation. You're very welcome. And thank fantastic. You. Um, this has been the uh, Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker. I would encourage you to subscribe, like, and share. And please tune in to each new episode and be kind to others and to yourself. Have a good week.